Well, happy Mother's Day, everybody. Welcome to Treach. Here on Mother's Day, we're gonna talk about mental health and mental illness. How about that? What a strange thing for us to do. And yet, golly, there's no better topic I can think of than worry and stress to talk about for moms, because what mom do you know who doesn't worry or stress about stuff? So welcome, we're really glad that you're here. Hey, I wanna remind you that if you're on any of our streaming platforms or certainly on Facebook, be sure to download the TMUMC app. You can just check in right there. It helps us connect with you and know that you're with us. If you're on the website, man, it's just right there. You can click it, find all kinds of resources and, and help find your way through faith and growing in a relationship with Jesus Christ. So we certainly hope that that will be the case for you. So we're in this worship series called, Which Way Is Up? in which we're talking about mental health, mental illness, mental wellness, and the ways in which we recognize that this is real and true in our lives. It's certainly a mental health awareness month in the month of May across our country, but it's also a way for us to demonstrate that God is with us and for us and wants to help and give us hope. So last week, we talked about the mental illness of depression and anxiety and how it really just sort of debilitates people and yet, how God can offer help and hope. Today, I wanna to talk about mental wellness, mental health, in fact, and the ways in which that can help us grow more strong, both in our faith and in our daily lives. You may recall, I offered a brief metaphor last week that I'm gonna remind us uh, almost every week about. Uh, my mom, when I was a little kid, when I had distress or when I was hurt or things going wrong, she would stroke my hair and she would help me out. And I pointed out that that didn't solve the problem, it didn't fix the problem, but man, it sure helped me to know that she was with me, she was comforting me, she was consoling me, and that's the message I wanna share with us this day and throughout the month of May is, God is here for us. God's not gonna necessarily remove our dilemmas, get rid of our problems, but God is here to offer comfort and care, and we wanna share that as well. So today, since we're moving from mental illness to mental health, I wanna make a real quick distinction between the two to help us out a little bit, because sometimes we tend to interchange those terms. So first, I wanna recognize mental illness. We talked about that last week. Mental illness simply is this range of disorders that affect our mood, or our thinking, or our behavior. And that, of course, was things like depression or anxiety, uh, OCD, uh, bipolar, those kinds of things. Mental illness are things that uh, affect our mood, our thinking, our behavior. Mental health, on the other hand, is a little different. It's our capacity of our emotional, psychological, social, or even physical well-being. In other words, mental health is a way to help our head and our heart and our hands to kind of work together for our mentality and working that out in a way that is uh, just helpful. So today we're gonna to talk about mental health and we're gonna talk about it in the context of worry and stress. Have you had a little bit of that over these last 12 months? I bet you have, I know I have, and worry and stress is just real. It's a part of our lives, in fact, more so than we may want to admit, but it's there and so we wanna address that a little bit today. And, and I, I wanna start with this concept. What would it be like if we didn't have any worry or stress in our lives? I mean, can you, can you even fathom that? Can you kind of imagine what that might feel like, what it might look like? What would it be if we didn't have this in our lives, worry and stress? You know, the only thing I could think of was a little kid, three, four, five years old. You know how happy-go-lucky they are. They don't have a care in the world. One of my favorite scenes of, of little kids, you know, they don't worry about what they wear, they don't wear what their hair looks like, they don't, they don't have to worry, most kids at least, about what they're gonna eat. They know they want food, 
but they, they don't have to worry whether food is going to come or not. They don't have to stress out because mom and dad are going to provide it for them. But one of my favorite images is of a kid getting up, five years old maybe, and it's their first time to pick out their own clothes. Drives mom and dad batty, right? Because mom and dad want them to match. They want everything to look just perfect. But a little boy or a little girl, they don't care. They just throw on anything, whatever they see, whatever they like, whatever is there, and nothing looks like it should, right? They don't have care in the world. They don't, they're not worried. They're not stressed. They don't have any of that. I wonder if we might could recognize, what would it be like if we stepped back into that carefree existence? Children have not been encumbered yet with work or obligations or family or responsibilities. We all have those things, right? And that's where the worry and the stress begin to come in. Worry and stress can often cause some real problems in our lives. I want to offer both some scripture guidance and some practical guidance today because worry and stress, they can cause these dilemmas that really have impact on all of our lives. Let me just lay out a couple of these things that uh, worry and stress can cause. So when we talk about worry and stress, they, they may do simple things like literally even damage our health. I mean, you are well aware, I'm sure, that there are some diseases and illnesses that are medical that are exacerbated by stress or worry. And then, of course, there are psychosomatic issues that we may deal with that cause physical concepts to our bodies because of our worry or our stress. So we want to look for that because it can sometimes damage our health. The other thing it can do is disrupt our productivity. Man, when we're stressed out and we're worrying, have you ever stopped to realize that every once in a while it literally causes us to slow down, to not get as much done because we're so worried about either the outcome or how it's going to uh, come to. And so we stop or we slow or we can't even produce. It causes some damage. Another thing that it might have is a negative effect on our relationships. You ever been in a relationship with somebody that's stressed out? worries about everything, wrings their hands. It's sometimes hard to relate, isn't it? It's sometimes hard to find joy or elation or happiness in that relationship. It can often have a negative impact. Worry and stress can also cause a reduction in our trust of God. What I mean by that is simply, man, if I'm more worried and stressed out about a decision or a work obligation or a family circumstance than I am to try to trust God with that, it can cause damage to my relationship with God, to my relationship with others. You see, worry and stress is more than just making me uptight. Worry and stress can cause physical, emotional, and certainly mental stress in our lives. And I'm here to suggest, friends, that Jesus knew this. He recognized that worry and stress caused all kinds of damage and harm in our lives. And so he has a better way. He has a great suggestion for us and a great way forward for us that I want to spend some time with today. Some of you may know that in Matthew's gospel in the sixth chapter, there's a component here that's a part of a larger sermon from Jesus called the Sermon on the Mount in which Jesus sets up all kinds of His basic teachings of life for faith. And in the midst of that, in the middle, literally, in chapter 6, He sets up an opportunity for us to better know how to live out our faith with generosity in the world. And a component of that is when He talks about worry. Listen for what Jesus says. So I tell you, don't worry about the food or drink you need to live 
or about the clothes you need for your body. Life is more than food, and the body is more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, but your heavenly Father feeds them. And you know that you are much worth much more than the birds. You cannot add any time to your life by worrying about it. And why do you worry about clothes? Look at how the lilies of the field grow. They don't work or make clothes for themselves, but I tell you that even Solomon with his riches was not dressed as beautifully as one of these flowers. God clothes the grass in the field, which is alive today, but tomorrow is thrown into the fire. So you can be even more sure that God will clothe you. Don't have such little faith. Don't worry and say, what will we eat? Or what will we drink? Or what will we wear? The people who do not know God keep trying to get these things. And your Father in heaven knows you need them. Seek first God's kingdom and what God wants. Then all your other needs will be met as well. Wow. That's both a, a, a productive and helpful word and a real challenging word, isn't it? I mean, it's quite blunt and bold for Jesus just to blatantly say, don't worry. You often, as I do, think of that old song, right? Don't worry, be happy. But I think Jesus is trying to say a little bit more than that. I think his message is really um, more complicated and yet even more direct than that. When Jesus is talking in this particular passage, remember, he's speaking into very specific components, food, drink, clothing. For most of us, certainly in the Western world and clearly here in our little bubble uh, in this uh, community, we have clothing, we have food, we have drink. Jesus is specifically talking about the very basic necessities of life. And he's acknowledging that we shouldn't get so worried about those things, food, drink, clothing, that they, dis, uh, uh, they sort of move us away from a relationship with God or even a relationship with others. So Jesus is being very specific here, but then we have to remember, it's also in the context of a larger message of how to be faithful, about how to live in this relationship with God. And so even though it's in the context of basic necessities, he's also talking about how we rely on God and how we relate with other people. Specifically, he's talking about how we can live generous lives of our time and our talent and our treasures. But I also wonder if we, often in our lives don't get caught up in so many different obligations, things we feel we need to get done, uh, achievements, uh, keeping up with the Joneses, that we sometimes get distracted in our lives and in the world. We often think more about the what ifs, what if this happens, what if that happens, or the what abouts, what about this circumstance, or what about that we lose sight of our relationship with God. We go down these certain paths of worry and stress, and they often start very slowly, don't they? I'm worried about this deadline, or I'm worried about this commitment. And then uh, the more we go down that trail, the more we get stressed, or the more we worry about the outcome. It's a fascinating journey that, that takes us more and more away from a trust in God. It takes us more and more away from a relationship with, what's God, with what God is desiring for us. 
And far too many of us, I know I've found myself in this way, get so caught up in other things, we lose sight of where God is in the world. You know, golly, 50 years ago, there was a guy named Gordon Dahl. He was an economist in the 60s and the 70s. And in the early 1970s, he wrote a book simply titled Work, Play, and Pleasure. And in that book, he has this phrase that reminds me of how sometimes we we turn things topsy-turvy to the degree that it causes worry and stress. This is what Gordon Dahl wrote about in that book. He simply said, you know, far too often we worship our work, we work at our play, and we play at our worship. Isn't that weird? But my hunch is you found yourself in that dilemma sometimes, worshiping my work, placing it above family, placing it above faith, placing it above other relationships, uh, working at my play. You ever come home from a vacation and felt like you'd, you needed another vacation? You'd, you'd done so many things, you tried to cram so many things into it that it, it wasn't relaxing, it wasn't rejuvenating, it wasn't a way to kind of build back energy. And then unfortunately, I know far too often, we all kind of play at our worship. We, we don't take it seriously enough. Now, I know there are some of us who really struggle with worry and that, golly, it's just a, a, so much a part of our lives that we don't even know what to do. But I also know for many of us, it's because we've kind of turned our own worlds upside down. We've kind of uh, recreated what our priorities ought to be. And we've placed things like work or obligations or other relationships above our relationships with God. And I want to suggest that Jesus has a different way forward. Jesus' way forward, quite literally, is trust. That's what Jesus means when he says, um, seek first God's kingdom and God's ways. In other words, rely on God. Trust that God has a better way. Trust that God wants something better for us. Trust that God can help us when we're worrying about this obligation or that uh, obligation. The trust is an age-old, centuries-old concept. Long before Jesus, the Proverbs writer put it this way, and some of you will be familiar with this in Proverbs chapter 3, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Don't depend on your own understanding. Seek God's will, and He will show you which path to take. Friends, I want to simply lean into that just a little bit. If I can trust God enough, then I can find the answer to what I'm stressed out about or what I'm worried about. If I trust God enough, I can find a way when I lean into who God is about a way forward, about a way to get somewhere more quickly or in a better fashion than what I'm worrying about or stressed out about. Let me suggest a couple of practical ways that I hope will help you, uh, maybe family members, maybe other friends you know, with regard to your worry and your stress. The first is this, let's find a way to rely on others. Let's stop living in isolation. Let's stop thinking that I am the only one who can get this done, or I'm the only one who knows how to make this happen, or I'm, I can't do it except myself. Nobody else can do it, right? Let's rely on other people. Let's rely on God. Let's rely on the fact that we're not alone in this world that we don't have to take on all of these responsibilities. What would it be like if we could be vulnerable enough 
to say to somebody, you know, this thing, it's really bothering me, or um, this uh, commitment that I have is really challenging me, and, and let them offer care, let them offer suggestions, let them offer guidance. Let's figure out a way to rely on others. You know, we told you last week about one of our offerings that's on Tuesdays. It's called Virtual Roundtable. And in every virtual roundtable, there are people who are literally facing these concerns we're talking about. This week, of course, in Worry and Stress, our friends Jeff and Lee uh, speak to us about worry and stress. Jeff in particular, he's an architect. He's a single father. He's raising two children that have special needs. You can well imagine during COVID and throughout these kinds of times, he's worried about a lot of things, stressed out about a lot of things. Listen, as Jeff tells you, how he began to rely on others and the ways those people helped him overcome his worry and stress. Watch. This past year obviously has been difficult for everybody. Um, I'm single and uh, at the time that we, the pandemic started, I was dating somebody. So I kind of went into the pandemic only seeing that one other person, right? Um, and then, you know, months into it, it, it didn't work out. So then, I mean, that was tough. I, I was kind of alone in that way. And then my dog ended up dying. I mean, it was just a lot of stuff. I mean, but I know that everybody has their own COVID story. So I haven't been as good about being proactive in maintaining relationships through the pandemic as probably I should have or would like to, but you know, in normal times, you know, I, I see them at least once a week. Um, and even to a greater degree, you know, Lee and her wife both have agreed to be, uh, play an outsized role in my kids' lives. They went through a, a really rigorous vetting process and I, you know, they were happy to do it. I mean, and, you know, I, I went through a similar pro I mean, all the things that they've done, I've had to do too. So I understand that it's a lot of work and it's really inconvenient, but they did it with a smile and, you know, we're really happy to do it. And, you know, that's really touching to me. So, um, that's the kind of tribe that I have. So isn't that great? Jeff was able to rely on his great friend Lee and their family and other friends to help him through difficult times. I hope that we'll learn to rely on one another. The second thing I want to recommend to you is this. Make the choice. What do you mean by that, Daniel? Here's what I mean. Make the choice ahead of time that you're going to do something different about your worry and your stress. Because here's the reality, friends. Life comes at us. There's all kinds of problems we're going to run into. There are all kinds of circumstances that may set us back. There are all kinds of issues that may challenge who we are, and that causes worry and stress. So first, make the choice to own. Golly, stuff's going to happen. Make the second choice to realize, here's what I'm going to do when X happens, or here's what I'm going to do when Y happens. In other words, help set a course for yourself ahead of time, because we know things are going to happen. We may not know the specifics. We may not know the literal thing that may come up, but there are many things in our lives that we get worried about or stressed out about that we already know, and we know they're going to occur, whether it's work-related or family-related. So make a choice that you're going to work on it. Make a choice ahead of time about what you might do 
how you might rely on somebody else or how you might turn to God in prayer or Scripture. Make the choice ahead of time. I love what the Apostle Paul wrote in Romans when he talked about difficult times. He literally said in the eighth chapter, so what are we to say about all this, all this difficulty, all these concerns, all the problems of the world? He says, look, if God's for us, no one can defeat us. I want to invite you to consider that you could make the choice to rely on God's strength, that you could make the choice to rely on others and their comfort and strength as well. I want to invite you to consider to make the choice that you can move past and beyond the worry, even when it comes. The third suggestion, I believe, is related directly to what Jesus told us in Matthew chapter 6, and that is this. We need to work on spiritual practices. Look, spiritual practices are a wide range of things. Spiritual practices are everything from reading Scripture, as we just did, that I invite you to do on a regular basis, to prayer, right? And, and what a great connection to God is just to talk to God, to open yourself up to God, to express your concern, your worry, your stress to God. But there's also some more contemporary ways to do it as well, like our Monday mindfulness that we offered this past week. Uh, Pastor Doug offered some art, some painting, as a way to connect with God's goodness and God's creativity or breathing exercises where you breathe in the Holy Spirit and breathe out the worry and the stress. There are a myriad of ways for us to practice our faith in such a way that it connects us with God so that when we feel worried or stressed out or somehow disconnected from what God is doing or what we want to accomplish, God is there. And in those spiritual practices, it helps renew our faith and helps bring comfort to our lives. I love the way the psalmist put it in Psalm 55 when he just said, look, give your worries to the Lord and He will take care of you because God will never let good people down. Now notice, it didn't say God would take our problems away, but it did say God wouldn't let us down. What I take from that is God's with us. God is there for us. As we talked about last week, even though I walk through the deepest, darkest valley, God is with us. I want to suggest that that's true. And friends, ultimately, what Jesus told us in Matthew chapter 6 is that we have a goal. And that goal in our worry and stress is this, that ultimately we need and want to trust God. Trust that God's got this. Trust that God can help us. Trust that God will be in this worry and stress in such a way that God's going to give us some comfort, some guidance, some encouragement. Jeremiah put it this way, who was an old prophet and a young prophet. He just said, happy are those who trust in the Lord, who rely on the Lord. I want to encourage you to do that because, friends, you know, just as I do, stress happens. There's lots to worry about in this world. There are all kinds of things coming at us, particularly during COVID and the pandemic, that challenged who we were. I want to encourage you not so much to get bogged down by the worry and the stress, but lifted up by relying on others and God, by renewing your strength and connection to God, by trusting that God is there and reminding yourselves that God's got this. He won't ever necessarily solve what your problem is, but God's got it in the palm of God's hand and God can help 
in the beautiful, best of ways. Thanks be to God that we can rely on the goodness of God's mercy and grace. Will you pray with me? Holy and loving God, thank you for the power of your love, for the richness of your grace, and for the wonder of your spirit. God, help us these days in the midst of our worry and stress to rely on you and others and to remember that you are always there for us. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Friends, let me thank you for your amazing generosity. Week in, week out, you do phenomenally well with regard to how you help make ministry possible. Let me just remind you, you can always text the letters TMUMC to the number 45777, or of course you can go online to tmumc.org give where you can schedule your giving or give a one-time gift. But no, everything you give is making a difference. Thanks.